Jai Radha Madhava Kundabhyari Jai Radha Madhava Kundabhyari Gopijana Balaba Girivana Dari Gopijana Balaba Girivana Dari Yasodanana Brother Dhanaranjana Yasodanana Brother Dhanaranjana Yamunatiha Vanatari Yamunatiha Pad Brahmahangs of Rivadakacharya Asadhara Sadushi Sriman is the Vine Gracia Lacey Bhaktivedanta Swamiraj Chilabro Padai Kopramanande Hrival Glorious to the Sound Vautis All Glorious to Shiguru and Shiguranga Mom Vishnu Braya Krishna Prasai Bhutte Sri Mate Bhaktivedanta Swamitanamane Namaste Sarasukunde Gauravani Bacharane Nirvishesha Shrinivadi 
Kasmin, in which you gave, period, pravrita, was begun. Iyam, this, stane, in the place, va, or, kena, on which, hetuna, ground, kutaha, where from, sanchodita, inspired by, Krishna, Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas, Kritavan, compiled, Samhitam, Vedic literature, Muni, the learned, translation purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shri Prabhupada. In what period and at what place was this first begun? And why was this taken up? From where did Krishna, Dwaipayana Vyas, the great sage, get the inspiration to compile this literature? Purport, because Srimad Bhagavatam is a special contribution of Srila Vyasadeva. There are so many inquiries by the learned Shonikar Muni. It was known to them that Srila Vyasadeva had already explained the text of the Vedas in various ways. Up to the Mahabharata, to the understanding of less intelligent women, shudras, and fallen members of the family of twice-born men. Srimad Bhagavatam is transcendental to all of them because it has nothing to do with anything mundane. So the inquiries are very intelligent and relevant. In what period and at what place was this first begun? And why was this taken up? From where did Krishna Dwaipayana Vyas? the great sage, get the inspiration to compile this literature. Namamu Vishnu Vidaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutai Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Tanamane Namaste Sarasvatundeve Gauravani Vacharane Nirvishesha Srinivadi Paskatyade Sitarane In the Bhagavatam in the second canto it is stated, well, Priksha Maharaj asks, Shukadeva Goswami, a question at the end of the first canto. What is the duty of a person who is about to die? Now, we may not like the question, but according to Shukadeva Goswami, Varyan Esha Te Prashna, he appreciated the question a lot. He said, Varyan, this question is glorious. If you go to school, a university, and even the topmost universities, and you ask a question, what is the duty of a person who is about to die to learn a professor, and immediately everyone will, hit, will hide underneath the desk and they'll call the terrorist police to come and take you away. And at least they'll charge you with threatening everyone. These kind of questions are not appreciated. Like, if you ask, who am I? In a psychology class. Then, they'll probably call the 
psychiatrist to come and take you away. This man, he doesn't know who he is. He must be crazy. True, everyone is crazy, but the question is not crazy. It takes some intelligence to ask such a question. The Pariksha Maharaj asked the question, what is the duty of a person who is about to die? And it just so happens that's relevant to everyone in this material world, because everyone is about to die. Therefore, Varian, Asia, Te Prashna. This kind of question is actually glorious. Krita, Loka, Taripaha. And it's actually beneficial for all kinds of people. Not only Pariksha Maharaj was about to die, and even if he wasn't bit by the snake bird, cursed by the Brahmin boy, he still would have died anyhow, long ago. Just like so many people were killed in wars, well, they would have died even if there wasn't a war. That's the nature of the material world. Either you die today or you die tomorrow, but everyone has to leave their body either today or tomorrow. And what does it really make any difference whether we leave today or tomorrow? It's not that if we leave tomorrow, we'll leave happily. And if we left today, we leave unhappily. No, according to our consciousness, everyone will depart either in great anxiety or even in great happiness, depending where one's consciousness is situated. Varian Eshate Prashna Krita Lokita Ripa Atvatam Samatam Pumsa, uh, for a man, that this kind of question about the Atma-tattva is very beneficial. Varian Eshate Prashna, Krita Loki Taripaha, for everyone. Atmavat Samatam Pumsa, Shrotaviyadishi Yakparaha. This will help everyone who hears the answer. Even the question is glorious. And what to speak of the answers? Unfortunately, Shrotavyadini Rajendra, Srinam Shanti Sahasra Shaha, Apashitam Atmatatvam Griheshu Grihamedinam. Unfortunately, most people are not interested in such questions and answers. As we can see, right now the temple room is not packed. People anxiously trying to find out what the answer is to these questions. Because most people would rather not hear that they're about to die. They think, well, I have at least 50 years, that's a long time. And therefore, why should I worry myself with such morose questions? I could be doing something to help me enjoy and forget about this so-called death. And therefore, there's hundreds and thousands of questions, and if you go the mass media... It's all questions. How is IS, uh, OS 14? What is the newest iPad like? You'll go, if you go to the internet, there is people making their living answering <laughs> these questions, <laughs> comparing some tablet. I, can't, I don't know what the names of them are. But X tablet? Is there an X tablet? whatever, you know, from some other make to the iPad. And people are spending their lives trying to find out what will be the difference in my happiness 
if I get an iPad or if I get some other tablet? How will I become empowered to control the universe more? Or they're asking, what's the price of this? What's the price of that? Matter of fact, if you go on the... <laughs> nowadays, now they had Black Friday. I'm sure it was quite bl- black. <laughs> they don't say it's Pink Friday or, or Orange Friday. It's Black Friday. <laughs> and now people have spent more money on the, on the Internet, buying things on the Internet for Black Friday. Why? Because the only reason why people go to the stores anyhow nowadays is just to see what they want to buy. And they go on the internet to find out how much cheaper they can get it for. So rather than go through the hassle of fighting people for worthless items, might as well get on, go on the internet and at your convenience pick out all the worthless items. Or maybe they have some value, but for, if they don't really help one, lead one to self-realization, they won't really solve the problem. Everyone's asking the question, how to prevent me from dying? How prevent me from, how can I prevent myself from leaving this body today or even tomorrow? And therefore, they have the iPad or whatever else, the iPhone. And of course, we can't even present, prevent ourselves from losing the thing. Therefore, they have security, find my phone. But we can't remember where we left our other phone so I could find my phone that I just lost. So no matter how much we struggle to make arrangements to protect ourselves in the material world, by the strong force of Kali Yuga, people are losing their memory, their strength, their forgiveness, their truthfulness, their mercy, their tolerance, their generally religious principles. And therefore, because they're asking so many useless and foolish questions, and some they may have some value, but there's no question about the ultimate value. What is actually we're supposed to be doing here? Are we really supposed to be struggling for a very short period of time? in order to gratify our senses to the maximum, and our leaders are supposed to tell us the secret of doing so. Is that what our leaders are supposed to do? Or are we supposed to become liberated from this material misconceptions and revive our original spiritual consciousness and ultimately come to the platform of Krishna consciousness where we can love Krishna and love everyone and everything in relationship to Krishna? Are we trying to achieve love for Krishna, love for the Supreme, and love for everyone? Or are we trying to compete with Krishna and everyone else to become the Supreme, uselessly? Tell me one person in this world who has actually become the Supreme after fighting for lifetimes to get money or fame or expertise in some sport. Have any, has any of us have become Supreme? that as soon as we hear their name, fame, quality, and pastimes, immediately we merge into an ocean of bliss. We forget everything else. No, we hear about someone's fame, fortune, etc., and we simply become envious. We wait for the person to disappear, hoping to get part of his 
of his fortune or fame or whatever else for ourselves. So people are struggling hard to become the supreme, and no one becomes the supreme. As a matter of fact, all we're doing is acquiring reactions for our attempts to become something we can't become. So that's called Shramam Evi Kevalam. But if we hear real answers, real questions, actually the trick is to ask the right question to the right persons so we can get some answer that can actually help us solve our real problems, namely birth, death, old age, and disease. If we can't solve those problems, then Prabhupada would say it's like blowing in a boil. Sure, it is not that we're decrying an iPad or an iPhone. They, they help. But they don't solve the ultimate problems. They can be helpful in order to call an Uber taxi to go to the temple. But if you call an Uber taxi to go to the, the cinema, then it's not very helpful to self-realization. So all these things can either be dovetailed for self-realization or they can be utilized to put us more into the darker modes of material existence. A knife can be utilized in, in, by the expert surgeon in order to cure a patient of a terrible disease, or the same knife can be utilized to cut someone's throat. So it is not that we're against the material energy, because the material nature comes from Krishna, but we should find out how to utilize it for Krishna. So those are the proper questions. Unfortunately, divya charteha rara jan katumba barninava. What is it for? Nidriya riyate naktam. Vavavayena chavavaya. Divya charteha rara jan katumba barninava. They're asking questions. Nidriya, how to sleep better. <laughs> the aim of life is to avoid sleeping so we can actively engage ourselves in going back to the spiritual world. But they're asking how to sleep better, which means they can't sleep. There's too much of anxiety about sleeping. In fact, that's usually one of the obstacles to sleeping. People are trying to go to sleep, and they can't go to sleep, and they're worried about how they can't go to sleep. And because they're worried about how they can't go to sleep, they can't go to sleep. And why are they worried about going to sleep? Because they know if they don't go to sleep, they won't have a nice day of sense gratification. Their sense gratificatory plans will be spoiled, and therefore their anxiety. They won't be able to fulfill their plans. For what? Nidriya, for going to sleep. Riyate naktam. And for having sex, you need some strength for sex life. And you need money. If you fall asleep at your job, they'll fire you. And if you don't have money, you can't pay, pay for your building, your rent, or you can't pay the mortgage, and your wife and children will leave you. And even your dog won't even be happy with you. Can't feed him, he'll leave too. And during the day, working hard to get money, and going shopping. And what is it all about? Deha patya kalatradishu atma sanyeshva satsupi tesham pramato nidanam pashanapina pashiti. 
So the, the body, it's all about protecting the body. Now, of course, we're, we also think we should protect the body. It's necessary to protect the body. Uh, but the illusion is that we can protect it somehow or another by some miraculous arrangement, by some scientific advancement, by some proper utilization of, of our intelligence, by brushing our teeth every day and taking a vitamin t- pill, we're going to stay in this body forever. Deha Kala, Deha Patya. And if I can't do it myself, then surely my children will be empowered. And my Kaladra, my wife, she'll help me. Adishu and all the other things we're acquiring. The one way, television, everyone comes to my door, I immediately sense. I have an electric scanner, sees right through them. (laughs) I have a database that tells me their past, present, and future. And I decide whether or not to let them in or not. Or rather call the police or shoot them from a remote gun. (laughs) So I'm trying to protect myself in so many different ways. So many arrangements for protection. But nothing protects me. Everyone dies. Give me one example of someone who didn't die in the past. Even Brahma, the head of the universe. There have been so many Brahmas. And it's said in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, at one point, we were even a highly placed demigod or even Lord Brahma. And where are we now? When police come or someone comes to ask you to pay taxes and you can't tell them, do you know who I was? <laughs> do you know who you're dealing with? <laughs> I'm not, I, let me tell you about my past life, who I was. <laughs> I had 15,000 heads. I was in charge of the whole universe. And now you're hassling me about, you know, paying measly income tax. Try to appreciate who you're dealing with. (laughs) Who's going to take us seriously? And the fact is, we were a highly placed demigod, but no one cares less. Matter of fact, at the time of leaving this body, Yamadudas come, and we say, don't touch me. Do you know who I am? They go, yeah, we know exactly who you are. (laughs) The problem is that you don't know who you are. You don't know what's going on. Therefore, we should ask questions that will help us find out who we are rather than trying to ask questions to find out how we're going to protect who we're not, who we'll never become. But Pashana Pina Pashati, the material nature, is such that it's bewildering people to asking all the wrong questions and getting all the wrong answers in the name of so-called progress. Uh, take some sincerity or maybe some experience to realize that we've been asking all the wrong questions and getting all the wrong answers. And there's glorification of all the wrong questions, which basically comes down to only two questions. Where is money? And where is something I can buy or get with my money? That's all, to gratify my senses. 
That's the only two questions that people are answering. And there's varieties of answers, but it's simply punak punas charvita charvananam. Uh, they don't see that so many people have asked the same questions, so many people have gotten the answers, and they never really got the solution they were looking for. That the real solution is to become conscious of Krishna. And the more we look for that solution, then the more we'll actually make progress. Matira in the Krishna, Paratakshatova, Ito Bipadyeta Grihavratanam. Out of all the different inquiries, the last thing people want to find out is Matira in the Krishna, how to put the consciousness on Krishna. It's like you have a bitter, bitter enemy, or a, let's say you have some food you hate, and someone's telling you to eat it all the time. That's the only thing they want to serve you. <laughs> all you want to do is flee. <laughs> Find some else. Or there's some person you hate, and you've got to live with them always. They become your roommate. And the closer you get to them, the more you hate them. So we're introducing Krishna consciousness to a society where people are systematically taught to hate Krishna, despise Krishna, deny Krishna, try to eradicate Krishna. And we're wondering why people aren't so receptive. We're telling them the truth. Well, that's the last thing they want to hear. (laughs) Now you flatter them, you lie to them, you tell them that actually there's no one greater than you in the universe, nor will there ever be. Then they think, well, this is an intelligent person, tell me more. (laughs) I want to hear everything you have to say. You're the answer to all my questions. Therefore, somehow or another, in spite of the fact we may have to introduce Krishna consciousness in ways which were not always 100% straightforward. Still, we have to eventually tell people, break the news to people <laughs> that Krishna is actually God. And at the same time, you're not God. So that's a great disappointment when sometimes even when the aspiring devotees get a little bit closer to that understanding, they immediately flee from the movement because they may actually realize that actually I'm not God. And I never joined the Hare Krishna movement to find that out. It was part of my plan to become God. I was attracted to the movement because they were calling me Prabhu, Master, all the time. <laughs> and nowhere, nowhere else did have I ever went where people were always calling me the Master. So I was attracted to the movement. And then I found out that actually I'm supposed to think everyone else is the master. And I'm supposed to take that seriously, so this is not the place for me. i got to find some place where everyone thinks I'm the master, and I, and everyone, I think everyone's my slave or servant. That's ideal. That's what I'm looking for. So people are busily asking questions like that, what to do to become the master of the material energy, and they're being cheated by being told that when you upgrade whatever it is, your program, then you're getting a little closer. And that one day you'll get a phone, you'll be able to zap everyone's phone, and 
the only thing that appears on their phone is your photo. And the only thing people talk about is about you. The only thing allowed. And the only people, the reason why they do anything is just to help you. And then, then that, that phone everyone's going to want to buy. That's the perfection of technology in people's minds. But the reality is that there's a few people behind the whole thing just laughing. If these people are so foolish, they actually believe that we're trying to help them. And actually we're just enslaving them by our technology. They've become, they've lost their memory, they've lost their intelligence, they've lost everything. It all belongs to us. And they're actually believing they're making progress. They need more of it. Because they've given up Krishna, they're simply interested in gratifying the senses, and therefore they just have to chew the same thing over and over again. Therefore they have to settle, they have to work harder and harder and settle for less and less and think they're making progress because they're following blind leaders who are leading them on the wrong path. Therefore, material in the Naishamati's Tavaru Rukramangrim, Sprishat Yanarta, Bhagavan Yanartam, Mahiasham Pararujevi Sekam, Iskinchinanam Nanavriti Yadva Tadva. So one should find out a group of people who are asking the right questions and actually sincerely trying to get the answers and apply it in their lives. And then the result is that they'll actually make progress towards liberation from the mis- misconceptions of identifying with oneself with the body. And they'll be able to become a servant of Krishna's servants and become qualified to become conscious of Krishna and enjoy Krishna and his devotees' association in pure spiritual love and bliss forever. Now, if that's not attracted to someone, then they're in the wrong place. And if becoming eternally happy in full consciousness is attractive, then you come to the right place. But we also have to take advantage of it because we can come here for some other reason. And once we get our paycheck, once we get our reciprocation from Krishna, that I become purified of my anxieties due to my sinful activities, or I actually learn how to make money, without much endeavor, or I actually become inquisitive how I can get to the heavenly planets as soon as possible and find my demigod soulmate. Demigod. <laughs> and, or how I can merge in Brahman and imagine myself to be the lord of every, the source of everything. And no one's going to tell me anything different there. No one's going to spoil me. There's no, no one's going to come by with a kirtan, challenge my conception. I'll be in a safe place, I think, forever, just relishing my wonder. So we can do that, and Krishna will reciprocate with us, or we can take the pure devotional service and experience how nice it is to love Krishna and serve Krishna and serve, love Krishna's devotees, serve Krishna's devotees, and feel their happiness 
try to just try to feel how everyone else can make me happy, try to feel people's happiness when I'm serving them and make, becoming happy by other people's happiness. So that's called devotional service. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions, comments? Thank you. My question is, what qualifications are required to actually, um, you know, take spiritual knowledge? To, to, like, in other words, if someone was, say, not educated in trigonometry and they went to an advanced class in trigonometry, nothing would make sense. So what is it, what's required to bring someone to the point where they're actually understanding this the, the, this, this inquiry this, um, and this topic, you know, these topics? Well, you have to have the, someone who knows the whole picture, or at least more of a, pic, a good part of the picture, at least knows at least part of the, the picture, part of the picture that has to deal with the person who's inquiring. You must have knowledge, theoretical and experienced knowledge, of that picture. Then if the person really wants to get an answer, how to make progress, then the person who has full knowledge will be able to give them an adequate answer so that if they apply it, they'll make progress. So that means that they must have at least come to the point that the person is interested in coming to. If you every day you walk from here to Houston and someone comes up to you and says, can you tell me how to get to Houston? Then you're qualified to tell them. If they tell you, if they ask you how to get to Paris, all, you, all you're going to is Houston. Say, wrong person, ask someone else. Ask someone who's been to Paris. But if they're asking about how to get to Houston, that much you can tell them. So you have to go to the person who knows at least where you're trying to go in the immediate future, and can give you the explanation how to get there. Now, if you go up to someone who's only walked to Houston every day, and you ask them how to, you know, make peanut butter, <laughs> it doesn't match. Now they can speculate because they want to appear that like they know something, but you'll just be misdirected. You won't get peanut butter. Very unlikely. So you have to know what you have to go to someone who knows the subject matter that you're talking about, and you have to inquire from them submissively, and then try to understand what they're saying, trying to uh, see it in proper perspective, and then apply it with some conviction. And then you'll see whether it's true or not, whether they actually they know what they're talking about. Thank you. Thank you, Marsh. Yes. Thank you. You mentioned in your class about um, about love and about serving with love and how the person that is served, when they're served with love, they feel love. They feel loved. And I was thinking in that way that... Um, that when we are doing anything, say, for the spiritual master, you want to make sure, for example, if you're cooking, that you're doing it in a way not for your 
satisfaction, but for the satisfaction of the spiritual master, what does he like? What will please him? And, and then to take that further in the relationship with each other and the devotees. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Spiritual master, that's what he's supposed to teach. Yes. Everyone, that's why we're supposed to call each other Prabhu, or even Madhiji, which is the same thing in a different form. But, you know, that's what we're supposed to be learning, how to become a servant of the servants. Yes. Bhagavan Mishra. Prabhu. You're talking about Kata or Krishna Kata and when we have association with one another it's an opportunity that we could have for just talking about Krishna. But there's a have a tendency to want to talk more uh this Gramya Katas has a certain relish to it. Like Gopal Bhattago Swami was glorified by Lord Chaitanya's because he was always he would he he didn't want to listen to any uh, bad behavior misbehavior of of other devotees he would and he would never criticize anyone. I heard that criticism never left his lips, and he wanted to um he saw everybody as serving Krishna, and that's all so we wonder how to develop that attitude and, and talk about krishna and get this but Criticism is there. There's always hope that by cr- criticizing somebody, that it's going to make things better. Yeah, that they'll see what the problem is, and then we'll. Yeah, make we, a better we don't world. imitate Mahabhagwats. He may have had a particular service that he didn't have to do that those things, but we see in Prabhupada's example that sometimes we criticize quite strongly, but out of love, out of concern. Just like even in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, we find Bhagavad, uh, Jagannath Misra chastising heavily Lord Chaitanya, God. And that night, a Brahmin came to his dream and said, Dear Jagannath Misra, there's no need to, for you to chastise your son. He's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He's self-effulgent. He knows everything. But Jagannath Misra said, No, my duty, I'm the father. The duty of the father is to correct the son, whoever he may be. It doesn't really matter. I have to do my duty and correct him. So the argument went on the, the entire night in his dream. Finally, the Brahmin left very happy. So we, even this is Mahabhagavat. We can't imitate a Mahabhagavat. We never criticize. We could appreciate that criticism should be there constructively if it's in the right, <clears throat> if we have the right position. It was probably in the verse Bhagavad Gita, chapter 17. Anuvega karam vakyam sattva priya hitam chayat svadeya vyasanam chayva vangmana tapu uchate. That there are certain qualities of speech which bring it to the mode of goodness or transcendental. Namely, it doesn't agitate people's minds, it's beneficial, it's truthful, it's pleasing, and it follows the Vedas. So, one of the qualities of speech in the mode of goodness is anuvega karam vakyam. We don't speak in such a way as to try to agitate people's minds, but sometimes if one has a position of a teacher, 
or an authority, then he can speak in such a way as to try to encourage the person to do better, we could say. Give up the wrong thing and accept the right thing. Otherwise, if everything was praise and we didn't see anything wrong, then there's no sense of being a preacher. There can be no preachers. Everyone's good, you're good, we're all good. We're not going to go anywhere. Matter of fact, we'll simply go, if you're encouraged, if you think you're doing good and you're doing bad, that's very bad. You'll be encouraged to go in the wrong way. So maybe Gopal Bhatta, Goswami, didn't see anyone doing anything bad because he was in a different realm of existence. But we're certainly not in that category. So therefore we have to use our intelligence, but we have to utilize it in such a way that it's constructive, not that we tell everyone what they're doing wrong. That won't help us and it won't help them. But if we're in that position, and Krishna wants us to do, then we can give some constructive criticism if it's actually going to be helpful. So, um, this is very nice. So, I've been reading, um, again, Many Moons by His Holiness Giriraj Maharaj. And there's um, a section, uh, quite a long section, about my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Maharaj. But after this chapter, his brother, um, at that time, Carl, who's since been initiated as Kalachanji Das, was making the um, comment that, you know, you know, Srila Gurudev would give the, you know, you know, the sauce, the fire to people, but, you know, to his disciples in the mood of uh, helping them, of course, but that, you know, um, Kalachanji, Carl was feeling his brother, he was always so sweet to me, and he really was wanting, you know, some of this sauce. He wanted this from, from his, his brother, and uh, he was being engaged um, Gurudev said, to have a relationship, we have to have Krishna in the center. So he engaged him in editing his books when he was at a school. And then um, at one point, you know, uh, he called, he called uh, Gurudev, and Gurudev said, what are you doing? And he, you know, went on and on about how he had messed up. And he was saying, uh, he was saying, and I was feeling so much relish that I had experienced, you know, that I finally got this uh, chastisement, I guess. And so I remember um, also reading uh, with my spiritual master that, you know, when Prabhupada would really be heavy with him, he felt, he felt uh, some, some bliss, <laughs> some real purification. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Anything else? Yes. Thank you, Maharaj. Um, my question is, uh, I was thinking about yesterday when you were speaking, and you were speaking about talking to people uh, depending on uh, where they're at, and I started to think, how, how can I know where I'm at and where other people are at in Krishna consciousness? Well, ask someone who knows where you're at. <laughs> You'll get, you know, ask someone that you actually have some confidence that they know something. And read books. Read the books and practice. Now, someone else may know where we're at, but actually we, all we do is have to figure out 
First of all, we have to figure out where others are at. If someone's higher than me, someone's on the same level, or someone's on a different, on a lower platform, and then treat them properly. And then gradually we'll find out where, who we actually are. But in order to make progress, we don't have to know every detail about our spiritual identity, or, because that's who we were, where we're actually at. These other things are secondary modes of nature. Oh, but in order to get out of the modes of nature, the example is if you're drowning in the ocean, you know at least you're in the ocean, exactly what the ocean, you know, how deep is that ocean, what's the, competition, what's the composition of the salt water in the ocean, exactly what moment did you, did you start drowning in the ocean, exactly what proportion of the seaweed is in your throat right now compared to anything else. No, these things, but the important thing is how to get out of the ocean. So, in order to do that, we simply have to be develop the vision of seeing who I should take instructions for from to help me get out of the ocean, who I should cooperate with in order to get out of the ocean, and who I should respect within the mind, but not intimately associate with, who will probably help me drown quicker into the ocean. But rather than fight with them, better just to try to find helpful situations to get out of the ocean. All right, thank you very much. Grandaraj, Shimad Bhagavatam, Kitai, Srila Prabhupada, Kitai, for Primananda.